Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. This podcast is being brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Limitless was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community in order to show the world that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the executive director and founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marsley. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marsley, and thank you so much for joining us, especially this month because it is Blindness Awareness Month. And today we are talking about employment. Did you know that 75 to 80% of people who are blind are unemployed, which is not a very encouraging statistic. And we wanted to talk about that today. And with me is one of our co-hosts, Keisha. Welcome back to the podcast, Keisha. Hi, thank you for having me. It's really awesome to be back. <laughs> yes, and we also have a guest today. Um, Megan, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. It's, a, it's an awesome opportunity to be on here. Yeah, I'm so happy. I've been wanting to have you as a guest for a while. So <laughs> why don't, uh, so Keisha and Megan, can you guys introduce yourselves a little bit about um, your vision, your level of vision, and just sort of a brief overview of your employment where are you at in terms of job search, employment? Uh, why is this topic interesting to you? Keisha, why don't you go first? All right, so my name is Keisha and I have a condition called retinitis pigmentosa. Um, and I've been slowly losing sight my whole life and I, ha I do have light perception, um, but not, not very much more than that currently. Um, I am in the final year of my undergraduate in tourism management at the moment. Um, and so <laughs> I've been really busy with that. Um, and very, you know, it's, it's kind of an anxious time because, <laughs> you know, we're going to graduate and hopefully try to find employment. Um, and, uh, in terms of employment that I have held in the past, um, throughout my, my degree, I've held some, uh, various employment with, uh, my university. Uh, working for the study abroad department when I came back from studying abroad and uh, working with um, the faculty of student development, um, kind of doing like student storyteller work, kind of uh, talking about the student experience. And um, and I've, I've uh, held some summer employment um, when I was still in high school and for a couple of my uh, initial years of university, I worked for a museum in my hometown, um, just kind of doing that kind of guide work and research. And uh, I have uh, recently held a job working with for children's theater. Um, and uh, yeah, just like kind of jobs like that, like kind of uh, smaller things and uh, or like university related things. Um, but yeah, I'll talk more about that later. <laughs> awesome. Megan, how about you? All right, so my name is Megan. Um, I have bilateral anaphthalia, so I don't see much of anything. <laughs> um, so right now, I am currently um, not really looking for a job because I'm, I'm actually running a business. So that's where I'm at right now. In uh, uh, jobs that I've had in the past, I have worked 
Um, so back in high school for a summer job, I uh, worked for Alberta um, Society for the Visually Impaired uh, for, for the summer. And I did that for a couple of years. And then um, dur during my undergrad, I actually worked at a rafting company uh, for, for a summer. So, I mean, obviously I have a job. I, uh, I'm the executive director of Blind Beginnings, but after university, after my first degree, it took me a while to, to get a job. And then I did get a really a part-time minimum wage job for a little while, um, went and did an internship working abroad and then came back and then was unemployed for another chunk of time. So over the course of my adult life, there's definitely been some periods of unemployment and it's, it is really challenging to, to get work when you're blind, which is one of the reasons I wanted to, well, which is the reason I want to have this conversation today. And Megan, when I met you, you said that you had looked for a job after university as well. Oh, yeah. And after oh, yeah. a period of time, we're just fed up with the job search process, so which is why you started your business, right? Mm -hmm. No, it was, um, it was just a super frustrating experience. And I, I ended up um, not just like I looked for two and a half years trying to find that employment and I wasn't I was unable to do that and just some of the experiences I had were just it felt like banging my head against the wall and so I I said hey if um if no one's gonna hire me I'm gonna hire myself and uh that's how I'm here let's let's back up the truck a little I'm curious we all grew up with a visual impairment sort of what was the conversation like when you were growing up around you getting a job um so in terms of my like so my family is always like really valued like making like being hard workers and stuff and so like with them it was always like no you'll find work like they're you know everybody works we're all gonna we all work you're gonna work and um you know they were pretty empowering in that way which I'm really grateful for um and uh that being said and like you know I, I've ha I've been lucky enough to have some pretty supportive people like that but that being said I've also had people you know on the reverse who have said like oh like um you know typically people who don't know me very well or or are not familiar with visually impaired people as much who are like oh what are you going to be able to do like mm. I don't really know what you could do um or things like that like kind of doubting the the abilities which is you know something that we encounter and we deal with and figure out um I even one time had uh this one memory really sticks out to me um of this uh person who actually became a friend a, a closer friend of mine but it started off a little patchy because they said to me um uh, you don't need to worry about work you can just you can just you know you can just let other people take care of you and like they were just proposing that I don't bother working and that I didn't really have the capability. Mm -hmm. And I remember just feeling like really quite enraged by that. And of course my, my natural reaction when people say I can't do something is to be like, uh, yeah, I'm going to do it too. And I'm going to do it well. Um, and, and, and to this day, like, uh, I, and I know that sighted people go through this and everybody goes through this at certain times, but, um, I know, you know, we're talking about uh, visually impaired people right now. And I know like I have a lot of fear about job security and about finding employment and holding it. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, not even just that, but like moving on to like job satisfaction too. like, am I going to enjoy the job that I have? I mean, 
I just hope mm-hmm. that I can find work to start with. But uh, yeah, it's definitely something that frightens me. Um, but that's kind of like what the dialogue was like a mixed bag, like people that were like, yeah, you're 100% capable. And people who are like, I don't know if you're capable and what could you do? What, what could you contribute? Yeah. What about you, Megan? Um, so when I was younger, I had some pretty wild dreams. Um, I wanted to have, be a volcanologist when I grew up. Um, Ooh. What, <laughs> so, what is that? <laughs> volcanologist is a person who studies volcanoes. And so oh, I want cool. to be like that person, like, you know, looking into the, into the magma chamber being like, well, it's hot down there and it might erupt. <laughs> um, <laughs> And um, so, so I had these crazy, that was one of them. I wanted to go up into space was another one. I had, I don't know, I had all these crazy like aspirations. And so, um, I don't know, I was, I felt really like it, I was kind of, it was kind of like a normal, a normal thing. Like, I was like, oh, you, you know, you'll, you're, you're going to work, you're going to be successful. And um, it was just kind of, I, you know, I felt like I was pretty supported and like, just as a, just growing up, I, I was kind of treated like everyone else like oh you're gonna you're gonna work you're gonna find a job you're gonna you know make your way kind of thing I had you know some naysayers um I distinctly remember someone saying um oh you know I hope I hope you don't end up like selling pencils on the street <laughs> I don't know why that that kind of stuck with me I was like oh that, that's uh thanks for that kind of thing <laughs> wow well I remember discussions with my family about what sort of job I would be able to do. So it, it was never, what do you want to be? It was like literally the three of us sitting around scratching our heads, wondering what I could be. So they suggested um, a piano teacher because I could play the piano and they suggested a court reporter because I could type fast even though the court reporter uses a totally different keyboard. Uh, They suggested, you know, just, I can't even remember. I think counselor did come up because I, you know, that that you're just listening, (laughs) but it was never what, what do you want to do? It was always like, Hmm, what will you be able to do as a blind person? So definitely very limiting. Okay, so let's let's like I want to kind of break this down for people who maybe are sighted who have never really thought about this, but some of the barriers even in the job search process, like we've talked about, you know, our own insecurities or our own limited beliefs about what we might be able to do, our own fears, our own maybe internalized ableism even, but there are some limitations in what we could even apply for. Uh, One that comes to mind for me is just transportation. Like it has to be on a bus route and preferably not a bus route that requires me to take, you know, three different buses (laughs) to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Has to be practical, right? And not only that, but a lot of jobs will actually have a requirement that says you need to have your BC driver's license. Yes, I found that too. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like your class four or five driver's license and that's like right on the um, application thing so it's like okay that automatically DQs me yes. well, I remember I like sorry even last year like I applied for a position um, as a dispatch for a BC wildfire service and okay. um, and like I had a couple of people who like some friends from like who work in the forestry industry who were like you'd be amazing at that job uh you should apply and i mean there was a couple of barriers during the application process 
I mean, one of them being um, that they require a BC driver's license, but the person I was talking to was kind of like, just try anyway and see what happens because maybe they'll make an exception. I mean, the other thing is like when you, I don't know how it is with like other government jobs. I have yet to apply for for more, but uh, there's, at least for this one, there's like quite a hefty process of like um, online testing to kind of vet, like the vetting process. Um, And I know that that was, really challenging um because of the inaccessibility and the the compatibility with with screen reader and um and i remember i even like because there you know there's always that part of the application that's like hey you know if you need assistance contact us so i did contact them which was a little bit nerve-wracking because we'll talk about disclosure later as um but i i was like oh crow i have to disclose now um so and I did, and uh, in order to like figure out how to m- make this vetting process accessible, and in the end, like it didn't work out. I don't think it's because of my like lack of skills. I, I just think you know there are various reasons it didn't work out. But um, that was a very challenging and interesting process. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just trying to think if there's any other barriers besides transportation because it, it really is such a big one. And I, I think also like. Um there can be like a lack of resources too. Like if you're looking for looking work for and you're, work. you're just like, I know at the end of my job search, I was taking whatever, like I'd go on jobs.com and I'd be like trying to find, like I'll apply for whatever, even if it's not uh, what I went to school for. And there was no one, there was really no support. And like, this is how you write a resume or this is what like, um, this is how you, um, this this is some stuff you can do to help make your interview more successful. Um, this is like, like as a as a blind person, like I I never had that kind of oriented towards blindness, you know, like because mm-hmm. it's different. Um, so I never, and it, it could just be like me just not having it. I don't, I don't know. If, um, I'm I'm sure there are resources out there. I just that was a challenge that I found. Like we do talk about those things. Um, in Blind Beginnings workshops. We have a What Happens After Grad workshop and Creating Confidence workshops. I think that's super important. It is. I think, let's talk about disclosure because it's a huge one. So depending on your level of vision, if you can maybe get by without people noticing. I cannot get by without people. No, I can't either. (laughs) And I don't think Keisha can. I mean, if we're sitting still, maybe, but. (laughs) Yeah, only if you're sitting still. I like to fidget, so it's like... (laughs) not even that um so yeah like do you wait and show up for an interview and shock them with your white cane or your guide dog or do you you know disclose on the phone when they call you in for an interview or do you have it on your cover letter or in your resume and and we talk through all all of those scenarios but there's sort of there's a downside to everything right the earlier you tell somebody the more likely they'll discriminate um, but if you wait and you shock them in the interview, they might be so distracted and kind of put out by the fact that they didn't know you were blind and maybe uncomfortable that they're not even listening to what you're saying in that interview now, right? Okay, so I, I've done it both ways. Um, I have, I, I, at, the, at the beginning, I, I would disclose right away, like I put it in my resume on my, or my cover letter more like, and I kept on getting oh, sorry, you're not the right fit for this job. Oh, sorry, um, we found someone else who's more qualified and who would be a better fit for it. And uh, I was like, okay, well, 
I'll uh, I'll try this the other way, right? Because I kind of got the suspicion, like I I had all the qualifications. So someone who's more qualified, you know, mm. I went to school for this stuff, right? So I was kind of like, okay, this isn't working. So I did a couple times disclose. There's one time when I was um, I did an interview, and I it was kind of obvious when I when I like walked in because they they kind of took me aside and it was like, oh yeah, so. I just thought I'd let you know that I have a bit of a visual impairment, as in I can't really see anything. And um, that didn't work out so well for me either. <laughs> so right. yeah, I got like 10 days later, I got another um, email back. They didn't even call me back that time. It was like, oh, sorry, um, you know, it's not going to work out. And and so I don't know, like, that's a question I, I really don't know the answer to because mm-hmm. I, I haven't had luck either way. I always disclose at the interview. Um, I just think that I want people to call me in for the skills that they think that I have on the, on my resume and in my cover letter and in any references that they may have pre-called. I don't know, but, um, I like to try to see, I I want a fair, um, assessment of my documents. And then when I go in to the interview, if they're shocked, they're shocked, but at least they're giving me a chance to speak um, and defend myself and my and uh, present myself as the best candidate that I can. And certainly, I've in, I've experienced people being very shocked and um, distracted by it. And I've I've experienced people who are calm about it. And I always I try really hard. You know, it takes a lot of energy, of course, but I do try to go into interviews. You know, uh, like with a lot of. Um, as much like energy as I can and like, you know, really crack jokes and try to break ice with people. Um, and I, but I do try to read the room. Like, obviously I'm not going to be too goofy if it's a, you know, a more serious kind of atmosphere, but, um, I do find people really are receptive to humor. Um, also just like creative, um, just like creativity. Like, you know, I, I prepare before I go as I'm sure we all do to, to an extent and like, um, you know, try to be ready for what their like, you know, questions might be based on the the business or, or whatever it is. And uh, just try to be as like prepared and ahead of the game and on the ball as possible. Um, and I don't know, maybe there's still going to be discrimination. Definitely, there probably is. And definitely, I, I've had a lot of rejections as well. But I just kind of figure... I don't want them to say no right when they see my resume and um, I'd I'd rather at least be able to speak. It's funny. I think I'm probably the opposite, but it's also because so much of my work experience is working with people with disabilities in some way or another. Um, And obviously that's what I wanted to do. And even, even before I started working in the blindness field, I, I wanted to work with youth. I wanted to work with people who were facing some kind of a challenge. And so I would just, in my cover letter, I would try to sell my blindness as an asset to the job, whatever it was. And I could usually find a connection in some way. So, you know, it wasn't like the main focus of my cover letter, but it would be just a statement like, And because I've grown up with a disability, I've learned how to problem solve and, or I'm, or because I'm visually impaired, I'm, I'm an excellent, I'm really good at listening and, you know, whatever, like I would try to spin it. it. 
in a positive way. But mostly it's because I'm super uncomfortable when people don't know, like that feeling of showing up and them. I did do that a few times when I was in university applying for summer jobs and showing up at the interview and they didn't know I was blind. And I was just as uncomfortable as they were, I think, because I knew that I had shocked them. I knew that it wasn't expected and it made me really uncomfortable. So fair enough. Yeah, yeah. it's it. But I mean, there is no right answer and it depends on what you're applying for and your, your, who you are and your situation and everything. Right. So what do you, what are some of the, what do you, what do we think some of the concerns of the employers are like, what are they, you know, obviously they don't know how I'm going to, I'm going to say in most cases, whoever is interviewing us has maybe never met anybody who was blind before, um, is probably not up to speed on, you know, how we access technology or computers or how we navigate the world. Right. So probably a lot of assumptions they're making. They're, they're probably thinking, how the heck are they going to be able to do this job? And probably thinking if they were blind, they wouldn't be able to do the job. Right. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that I I agree with you both there. Um, I think a lot of people do try to put themselves um, in, in what they think is the the shoes of us. Um, Not, you know, but they, but they lack certain context that is really critical um, Absolutely. when, you know, yeah, like, because, you know, we've been, you know, and, and it's not their fault, um, but, you know, we've been through our own lives, of course, and we know our capabilities, et cetera, et cetera. I, I really think one of the big things that I've seen um, employers concerned about is safety. Mm. Um, they're, you know, they're worried about how we're going to, do the job safely and um, how we're going to, you know, remain safe and, and also the safety of others if in case we, you know, do something or have an accident or anything like that. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I venture to, to guess that a lot of employees, well, I don't know about a lot, but I, that, that at least some employers like think that maybe uh, because of a disability we are more accident prone or we are more um, susceptible to injury etc but again you know there's the context that that they don't know Um, there's always way more to the story than we could even know Mm -hmm. and by one interview or, or even a few you know yeah, I think safety is a big one for yeah, sure. I've seen it. I've seen safety come up a couple of times for sure. And and I also think maybe productivity, like mm, oh, like, there, hey, there's get the job done. Yeah, and yeah. and is there an assumption that we're going to be slower than everybody else? It's going to cost them more money. Mm-hmm. We're going to require a bunch of equipment, maybe, and are they going to have to pay for that? Um, yeah, all of those things, right? like assistive technology as well like there i mean i can only imagine being an employer and not knowing anything about you know a visually impaired um potential candidate and being like whoa like where do we even begin like what do we need what what would we even how would we even need to start like it, it, i i can imagine it it seeming daunting mm-hmm. um but sure. at the same time <laughs> I, I i mean i as we well know we can all see it from our sides too and it's very frustrating yeah Mm -hmm. 
So how do you alleviate the concerns that employers have maybe when you're in the job interview, especially you, Keisha, you're like, you're just showing up, shocking the pants off them. (laughs) (laughs) How do you manage that? Like, how do you put them at ease and then alleviate their concerns and all (laughs) while trying to sell yourself and get the job? That sounds so challenging. (laughs) It does. That sounds like a job in itself. Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, Well, so for me, like, I mean, I do, you know, I, as anybody does going into the interview, I, I try to do a bit of research about the place first, um, about the employer. And then uh, based on that, I will, like, come up with a list of, of the problems I think they're going to throw at me. Mm. Um, just based on what I, my experience in the past. And so I'll basically just be like, okay, if I was them, what would I be asking? This, mm-hmm. this, this, and this. Then I put, all, then I write all the solutions down like that I can think of. Um, and then, uh, and then sometimes I'll even bring like materials and be like, or like assistive tech and be like, um, to the interview, uh, based on what the job is and be, and basically like, uh, when we get to the, that, you know, part of the interview, I'll be like, okay, um, you know, here's, here's my solutions to these, to these problems. Like I don't, um, pose the problems to them because I don't, I don't want to create more problems right <laughs> maybe you haven't thought of this concern that you should be thinking about <laughs> but um but if they bring the problem up, I say you know hopefully I have a, a solution for it on uh, and then I'll be like here's my solution um if they want to see assistive tech or if they're like oh how are you gonna access this I'll be like okay well this is what I've done in the past here's this and this and I don't know, those are my main techniques I, so I, I, um, I, you know, just like Keisha said, um, tons of like preparation, you do your research, you know, you, you, um, look into where you're, where you're getting the interview, like, you know, who's, um, like what's going on, like, um, doing all, all that kind of research and then, um, yeah, making a list of things, you know, that you might, that you might come across and then trying to plan out how you would, um, like, you know, how am I going to address this? Right. And yeah, you don't, you don't, add, you don't, you don't, um, you know, tell them, but you know, if it comes up, you, you've got, you've got that, you know, covered, you've got your bases covered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, I found myself like, I don't know, I, I, I do these things. Like I, I tell stories. So if um like, I'm in an interview and I've, I just, I, <laughs> I, I, try, I sometimes like embellish things. Like I'll, I'll find myself telling um, cool things that I've done. Like, oh, I've, I've made it, you know, to the top of Sparrowhawk and, you know, climb these mountains and stuff like that. Not because I was like, it's totally extraneous, but just to kind of like, I can do things, right? Like I'm capable, I can do hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you just kind of, you turn up the charisma and like, you know, try and you got to read the room, you know, make people laugh. Like, yeah, um, that's, that's kind of how I, I've, uh, so you're kind of like trying to impress them or like make sure they they know your capabilities like shatter those misconceptions of like yeah. this helpless blind person that they might have right mm-hmm. i tend to yeah try to anticipate what concerns they would have and then bring them up myself so like you might be wondering how i would do paperwork well this is uh you know i have a speech program on my computer so if i can just get things in an electronic file i shouldn't have too much problem or 
um, you know, and, and I generally would say like, I have my own computer with a screen reader on it that I can bring if that's depending on the situation, but yeah, you know, just kind of letting them know that it's not going to cost you a ton. I know what I need. I can, I can communicate that to you and we can figure this out together. And, and sometimes you don't even know what the challenges are going to be because you don't have the job yet. Right. So yeah, that's where you're sort of selling that. I'm good. At, I'm really good at problem solving because I've had to do it my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I can figure this out as well. Yeah, definitely. Have you, either of you, uh, offered to volunteer at somewhere where you were hoping to eventually work as a way of kind of proving your abilities? I have. Yes. Yeah, I have too. Did yeah, that. I've, I've, I've like that. That's actually something that I've been thinking about recently with some places too. And yeah, I, I definitely have. Yeah. I mean, for me, it has paid off in a job a couple times actually, where I started as a volunteer and then a job came up and either it was offered to me in one situation they wanted to pay me. And then in another situation, I applied for the job, but because I had been volunteering, it sort of gave me that in. So I think it definitely has potential to be, to help you be successful. Did it help in your situation, Megan? No, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, I mean, it, I, it was a, it was a cool experience, but it didn't really lead to anything. Right. Yeah, that's discouraging. I mean, we shouldn't have to offer our services for free just to be given a chance. But I was also really young when I volunteered, too. So that could have been that could have been an issue as well. Like, just because I was so right. I know for me, when I was going through my job search and I would have an interview and I would get all excited, I would think that it went really well. I would imagine myself in the job and I would, you know, totally put all my eggs in that basket. And and then I would get the call. (laughs) <laughs> the, rejection. Yeah, the rejection you didn't get the job I'm sorry you were there you were our second choice I don't know how many times I heard that oh, they wow. probably say I've they probably say that, that to everybody who didn't get the job but I don't know um I've never gotten that one before oh really okay no. or it was a really hard decision but no, we went the, with the other really person yeah but you, just, you didn't make the cut <laughs> so I would be devastated I would allow myself a day or so of feeling sorry for myself like total pity party and then I would think okay if I if I if I give up now I'm definitely going to stay unemployed or you know the other option is to keep keep trying and of course I always continued to keep trying but Megan you you're saying two and a half years that's a long time to keep trying so yeah yeah what happened like what what was the straw that broke the camel's back how what what was the moment when you were like, screw this, I'm doing my own thing? Well, so I, I kind of have to go back a bit. So um, a while back, my aunt was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that kind of led me to think, you know, I should, um, I'm really like, you know, thinking about what I'm putting on my body, like, you know, lotions, deodorants, like all these things I'm buying from the store, there's a bunch of chemicals in them. And like, I it just made me, you know, take a step back and think about that. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll go more natural. Like I'll try natural deodorants. And that was my first foray into that. And I was like, none of these are working. So I, you know, buy certain brands and it just, I could just sit, I just smelt horrible. Okay. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and eventually I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like 
can I make my own? So I looked up a recipe on how to do it and I, I made it. And the first one was the complete flop. It was like half liquid and I didn't know what to do with it. Um, but then I kind of stuck with it and I actually turned out um, that I could make my own deodorant and, you know, people would sit beside me on the bus. So it worked out, you know, pretty half decent. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then I, I kind of was getting towards graduating um, at that point. And I was um, I actually I went to a job fair um, and it was held at the university. And I, I was like, oh, sweet. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a couple semesters out from graduating. This is going to be this is really good timing. Um, so I went to the the, um, the job fair. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll find I'll make connections. I'll, you know, get a job. It'll be great. And I stepped in and they were like, oh, sorry, we made a huge obstacle course for, for you. Oh, no, like, we'll help you get we'll help you get around this. I'm like, no, hold on. I'm actually here to like, find, uh, like, you know, to hand it hand out some resumes. And, and they kept on like, shuttling me through this job fair. And that's kind of when I realized like, this is gonna be a little harder than I thought. Um, so that went like, you know, handing out resumes and stuff like that went on for um, two and a half years. And I graduated and I was like looking for work and I, I couldn't find work. And I'm like, okay, well, I, this is not working for me. This is really just not working. Um, I don't know that there was any moment that made me realize it wasn't working. I just, I felt like I was banging my head against the wall. I was so frustrated. I just couldn't, I wasn't getting anywhere. anywhere. It's like being on a treadmill and like, instead of going forward, you're actually going backwards. Like I just felt mm. so discouraged and um, nothing that I, was doing was like was paying off and so I'm like well okay what can I do like I I don't want to be unemployed for the rest of my life what am I going to do and I'm like well I can I can make deodorants um what else can I make so I you know started looking up recipes making recipes I knew a lot about essential oils because deodorants and because of plants and stuff like that so I came up with a you know, a working recipe for bath bombs and lotions. And I said, okay, well, if, if um, I'm, if no one else is going to hire me, then I'll hire myself. And uh, my mom actually um, sells bread at a, a farmer's market. So I'm like, okay, well, I, maybe I'll sell, you know, my lotions and deodorants and stuff at a, at a farmer's market. And now I run a business called Empower Care. Um, wow. Selling all these, uh, all these body and bath stuff um, products. So, I mean, it's, it's just a new thing. It's a kind of an adventure. Like I, um, I'm just kind of starting out. So, um, we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but it's definitely a lot better than just banging my head against the wall, looking for, looking for a job I couldn't find. That's so exciting. You're making, you have an income. I do have an income. I mean, of course, cause like when, uh, when businesses start out, you know, oftentimes you're in the black for a bit, but, or sorry, in the red for a bit, but, um, but yeah, I'm definitely making money. Um, awesome. Not a whole lot right now, but that, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's a baby. It's a baby business. So I think that's amazing. I, we, so Megan helped out at our uh, virtual summer camp with one of the teen sessions and, and she sent us all the stuff to make bath bombs. 
and oh. we and then led us through how to make them. I still have one left. I'm kind of saving it because once Aww. it's gone, then well, I'll, I'll just buy some from you. But <laughs> it wow, was really so fun. It was it was the highlight of my week. It was the probably the session that I enjoyed the most. It was really great. So that's so cool. Yes. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun teaching it. It was it was mm -hmm. tons of fun for sure. So maybe uh, if people want to check you out, how can they find you and they want to look at your? So right now I'm on Facebook. Um, okay, because I good. haven't I haven't started a website yet because new business and uh, like the the Christmas season is coming, so it's like really hectic. I'm in a couple of shows, so I'm trying to get inventory up and stuff. So I haven't I don't have a website yet, but I am on Facebook. Um, and yeah, just um, hit me up on Facebook uh, at Empower Care and um, or like cool. an email or yeah, <laughs> I really I have limited limited ways right now, but um, for that's sure. Okay. I think that's the hard part when you're starting out is like you can invest time in product you're only one or you person. can invest time in like the infrastructure, the, yeah. the backside of things, right? The website and the marketing materials and that kind of thing, but then you don't have product to sell. So yeah. it's sort of like, ah, what, where do you put your time? Yeah, that's, that's totally where I'm at right now. Thanks for, um, <laughs> thanks for yeah. eloquently putting that. That is exactly yes. where I am right now. Well, I started a nonprofit, so I do understand. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, back to this employment thing, if there are any, any, any employers out there listening, what, what do we want them to understand about our abilities or about just giving us a, a chance? Like, what, what do we wish what do we, they understood? I guess I would say, like, I understand, you know, that you are have, have concerns. But um, just, like, don't, so don't overthink it. Like, we, obviously, we, there are things that we have to do in order to achieve access, accessibility. Um, and you know, there, we do do things differently. Um, and I mean, that doesn't mean it's going to be bad. Um, it's, and it's, um, it doesn't mean it's going to be harmful or, or expensive or anything. Um, so I would say like, um, you know, don't, don't overthink it. Can, you know, consult with your, with the person who you're, who you're trying, who you are considering employing and, um, you know, there's a lot of, there, there is an untapped wealth of employees who are visually impaired and blind and disabled, um, in different, in different ways. And they're truly an untapped wealth. I have, I mean, I can speak for so many people that I know who would be incredible assets to so many teams and, um, you know, really, really intelligent, organized, um, you know, eloquent, uh, outgoing leadership types, um, creatives, um, practical thinkers, you know, so many brilliant people. And um, so to to say, you know, no, I'm not going to hire this person simply because they can't see would be to um, to miss an opportunity, I, uh, I think. Um, and, you know, I, I know it could seem daunting, but there are a lot of technologies out there. The world is is much more um, there. There are there are a lot of solutions. Uh, I, I would I would say, you know, 
don't be afraid. Um, really think about the like the like you know. I know that there's a lot of people who are willing to try and be creative and out of the box thinkers, and uh, and work with with employers to achieve you know what the the um the, what the employer is looking for and uh, and I just really think that um, yeah if you if you think somebody like look at somebody for their skills um, before you look at their disability and really try to know them and, and in the interview you know. If you can, try to turn off that, oh my gosh, they're blind, and see, oh my goodness, they have all of these skills. Um, how, what kind of employee are they? Rather than being like, oh, they're, they're disabled, they're a write-off. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. Like, um, totally. You, may, you made us sound really good there, Keisha. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> you really did. You really did. <laughs> what do you think, Megan? What do you want employers to know? I think there's a whole bunch of untapped potential ideas and opportunities that you're missing out on if you don't give us a chance. Um, You know, that um, having different perspectives, having different angles to come at with problem solving, um, Mm. just having a diverse um, way of looking at things. I think, you, you know, we have so much to contribute and I think you're missing out if, if you don't give us a chance. And I would add people with disabilities are so, I mean, I think, well, I can speak for myself. I cannot speak on behalf of all people with disabilities, but I think those of us who have really struggled to find work are so darn grateful when we do get a job, we are going to work so hard. We are going to, we're going to be on time every day. We're going to be, making sure that we are productive. We are going to be putting in extra time if we need to, in order to, you know, accomplish what's expected of us. Like we want to prove ourselves. We want to be successful. And I think that we are going to be some of your best employees if you give us a chance. So, I mean, who else, who else is like just so grateful to go to work every day. Right. I remember my first real full-time job and I didn't, I, I didn't even like weekends because <laughs> I liked being at work so much. I loved that I was finally contributing and I liked my job and I liked the people I worked with. And, but mostly I just felt like I'm finally, I'm finally contributing. Like that was so important to mm-hmm. me. What about advice for people who are blind or visually impaired who are struggling to find work? <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, um, you're not alone. Like, um, mm-hmm. There are other people who have gone through this struggle before, and uh, it's definitely you're you're definitely not alone in this. And I think you got more in you than you know. Like when mm. you know when you're really struggling, um, you can make stuff happen um, if you're resourceful. Um, you can find a way. You can you there there is an option of like starting a business like like I did. You can you can definitely do that. There's there's totally different roads that you can take. Um, you can leverage contacts. Uh, a lot of the jobs that I've that I've held before, you know, were basically like I got them through contacts, and so network and you know, leverage those contacts and those those relationships that you have because they can really pay off. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree uh, with Megan on, on a few different fronts. Um, definitely, I think that sometimes we underestimate our own capabilities, so don't forget 
that you are very capable um, and that uh, keep trying, keep putting that elbow grease in. I know it's tough and we've been, we've all been there, um, but don't, you know, don't give up. And like Megan said, there are many avenues. Um, sometimes you will have to be a little bit creative and sometimes it might just work out. Um, and also, like, I, I would like to also, because Megan just said so many good things, but the power of contacts and like um, creating connections with people truly is uh, a real a real asset um, in the job search and, and beyond just in life. Um, you know, if you're, if you're volunteering somewhere or if you have, um, professors or if you, uh, you know, have, um, just experiences like with sports or anything like that, like, and you meet people, um, you know, make relations, like build relationships and keep them in your life and not just, you know, obviously to use them for their contact. But, you know, I think I think it goes without saying that, you know, they can be there, you know, your, your friends, your colleagues, um, everybody is like people want to support each other. I mean, um, I think we've all probably spoken on behalf of a friend at some point or another and friends speak on behalf of us as well. And um, so I think that that's all like very important stuff. And just um, don't be afraid to like think outside the box and like. You know, um, just try to like see things, you know, if you can, if you can have some humor around things, that's always a plus I've always found. And, um, you know, think of like, really like think of the things that you do love. Um, because one thing is I find people really love to, um, you know, hear people speak about passions and, uh, and it's very engaging so like, what, what are the things that you love? You know, are you, do you love music? Do you love um, sports? You know, do you love reading books? Like uh, whatever it is, like, you know, it, that's also another way you can try to connect with people or like maybe if you dig or if you are involved in something, maybe it'll lead you down a path that will help you find employment. Um, the other thing is, is like, reach out like you aren't alone there are there are resources there are people who are going through the same struggle the other thing is like don't draw the line at a and look at an look at a job I mean don't immediately assume that a job is not open to you as a visually impaired person like um I've lately uh, um you know I've seen some accounts of visually impaired and blind people in jobs that I was like wow that's so cool mm -hmm. like I am very like that's super empowering to to see about that um and like I always have a hard time saying the word inspirational because I'm I I'm like oh gosh I don't want to be inspirational for everyday things but I find people inspirational for you know bigger things and um you know things that are truly motivating to me on uh, one of them is like seeing people in jobs that I would love to have, like um, that I didn't necessarily think like even in my subconscious, I was like, mm, I'm not sure if that was something I could do, but then I see, Oh, so-and-so did it over in, you know, England or whatever. Cause there's a whole community too, all over the world of people with visual impairments. So, you know, uh, and also, the thing is, is sometimes I know this is getting a little crazy, but sometimes 
somebody has to be the first. My advice, I think three things are really stand out for me. Find something you're passionate about. Like Keisha said, if, you know, I think a lot of energy is spent on what will you be able to do without vision and less on what do you want to do? Like what makes you tick? What gets you excited? And, and maybe the thing that you're passionate about like is volcanoes, but (laughs) if it's something that you're passionate about, you're probably going to figure out a way around whatever obstacles are thrown in your path because you really, really want to do this thing. Whereas if it's something that you're just able to do, like answer a phone in a call center, no offense to anybody who works in a call center, but like, is that really, and maybe some people are passionate about that. So that's cool. But you know, just because you're able to, doesn't mean that it's going to light your fire. It's going to make you excited. So when obstacles arise in that situation, you might be less motivated to figure them out. Uh, The second thing I really would recommend volunteering, volunteering Mm -hmm. in the field you want to work in. That is a way to make connections with people for them to see what you're capable of, for them to get to know you, to see if you're a good fit. It's also an opportunity to, for you to figure out, like maybe you volunteer in a volcano and you figure out, actually, I don't like volcanoes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know it's how you volunteer in a vo- volcano, <laughs> but you volunteer in, in a, a volcano. volcano. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep thinking of the movie Joe versus the volcano, and it's a really it's an older Tom Hanks movie. You guys are too young to know it, but he jumps into a volcano, and the volcano spits him back out again. And anyways, it's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> yeah, you got to see that movie, Megan. Um, I should. <laughs> and then the last thing is is just never give up like keep trying it it is hard it is so hard sometimes it's so discouraging but persevere because eventually you will be successful and it feels really good to finally accomplish that to find that job to to make it work however that is whether that's starting your own business or or getting a job with somebody else it it's uh it's worth the the fight i guess Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both so much for joining me for this conversation. I think this is a really important topic and I really Im- appreciate your your con- contributions. Thank you so, so much, much for having us. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. Uh, you've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast with a friend, especially during Blindness Awareness Month, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca. And also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.